Isolation Station 5 in 5, and for the very first time out of the now 30 or more episodes I've done, this is the first episode I have not done in isolation. I've managed to rope my roommate into doing a 5 in 5, and actually it's a very interesting 5 in 5. It's all about gaming. Hello Jonathan. Hi Chris, thanks for having me on 5 in 5. Thank you very much, thank you for putting up with the fact that I've been sat in my room recording these, and you've probably walked past my room many times and thought to yourself, what on earth is he doing? Um, so games, specifically games series, um, we're going to look at together at the moment. Uh, you're the guest, so I'll let you go first. What is your fifth favourite gaming series of all time? So Chris, coming in at number five, uh, I have decided to go for Sims. How come? Um, Sims is a non-threatening, very enjoyable kind of simulation um, gaming series, which... I think it doesn't matter what sort of background you come from, what your preferences are. It's something that you can easily get yourself into yeah. because there are a range of different things that you can do with your characters. And it's almost like there's no limits and, and they keep keep churning out different versions of the game. So obviously there's a demand for it. So obviously it's, successful, it's a successful uh, series. So that's coming in at my number five. Excellent. I will say that Sims is on my list, but it's higher up. And just to add to Sims, if I'll, I'll add to Sims when I get to mine. My number five is golf and by golf I mean EA Sports is golf it was Tiger Woods it was it is now Rory McIlroy the reason you're laughing is for the fact that I cannot play to save my life but actually going back to when I was at secondary school I used to be able to do the whole of the Ryder Cup um, that was amazing uh, and then just generally now it's such a relaxing peaceful game when you get it right the putting on the new Rory McIlroy's impossible but actually as a series of games and what I like about it which doesn't go for the whole of my list and I'm not actually seeing your list yet year on year it gets better and there's something else to do something else to look at they've clearly every time they release it they've done something different which is why it's number five one of my memorable things about those EA golf games is always the commentary always mm. having the commentators and I can always remember really clearly one specific line I think it could have been from Tiger Woods 2004 where if you don't quite nail a particular shot, they'll start singing some kind of song at you. And I yes. think it went along the lines of, if you take the high road, I'll take, take the, the low road. No, if I take the high road, you take the low road, and I'll get to the hole before you. And that yes. always just resonates in my mind. If I remember what that clearly. song is that from? I can't tell you. you Loch Lomond. It's a very, very, very good song, um, Loch Lomond, by the band. It's just gone out of my head, and I cannot remember. Um, anyway, moving on from that, just if I know, moving back to that, when you get really get into the golfing game that happens on no other game I've ever been on, you start getting su not suspicious. What's the word? Superstitious. Mm -hmm. So, for example, when your character Chris Martin or your character Jonathan Bates has got got a um, hat on, mm -hmm. and then you lose, you never wear a hat again. I'm not sure if you're like that when you play. Absolutely it. not. No. But, I you know, each their own with these games. And I think that's the beauty of it, isn't it? Exactly. I'm going to go with my number four. My number four is GTA. GTA for several reasons again the the gap in releasing them is big enough to build excitement mm -hmm. i was never ever allowed to go on it when i was younger even yeah. right up to the vice city and san andreas games when they were out i was on them at least two years later yeah. so when i was on them i was like yes um looking back now thank goodness i wasn't allowed on them <laughs> um like you think now we're both teachers that Fortnite's bad my goodness <laughs> San Andreas, some primary students were on back when we were at school. And just generally, the, the most recent one I thought was absolutely fantastic. Uh, was it 
Grand Theft Auto 5, I think it was called. I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, and that's why it's number four on my game series of all times. Yourself? Coming in number four on my list is also, also rather, Grand Theft Auto. Um, for a series of very similar reasons to your own, but the fact that a third-person shooter, a third-person action game like that is still getting the biggest rep that it possibly can and the sales from um, that they're the generating, the revenue from those sales is just out of this world. And to be honest, in terms of the gameplay, not a great deal needs to change, but the updated graphics and the updated heists and all of the things that you can do as part of it yeah. is massive. But another reason it's high up on my list is because... Um, I can always remember when we used to play it on the PlayStation 2, yes. the cheat codes that you could get to turn yes. that game into something absolutely ridiculous was amazing, having like the um, the unlimited funds, having whatever weapon, whatever car you wanted, changing your character to be whoever you wanted as well. And it's, it's still similar now, you can still get modded versions of the games, I've seen it recently when you've had like Shrek running around yes. as a character yeah. and stuff, so it's still... What I love is that they're not taking that availability away. I mean, you can yeah. still play the games it's meant to be, but you can play that game the with all of those mods, with all of those cheats, with all those added elements in, which I think still builds the excitement. For someone who's not that bothered about yeah. the heists, about all of the missions like I am, if I can do something like that, it still has its appeal. So that's why it's up in my top five at coming in number four. Speaking of cheat codes, moves me straight on to my number three, and Sims. The Sims cheat codes... Can you remember what the cheat code was for Sims 2? No. Motherload. And they used to get absolutely loads of money. I wish there was a motherload in real life and it would life would be a lot more fun. However, um, motherload on Sims 2, again, you went back to the PS2 and I think that's a golden age for gaming because even the PC games back then were really, really strong. So I had Sims 2. Um, Sims 2 Vets, the only dogs I ever got on with were on Sims 2. Sims 2 on Holiday absolutely brilliant also what i like about the sims is when they ventured into ps4 xbox 360 it's been pretty good sometimes mm. when games do that it's nowhere near as good and just generally the fact that if you want to live a good life on the sims you can if you want to turn into a mass murderer you can if you want to take them into the town you can and just i'm not sure i've played i'm not i can't remember the last time i played it which is perhaps why it's number three on my list and not much higher but again for all the reasons you mentioned as well as the cheat codes as well as the side where you can be a bit devious that is why i love the sims series of games and again they leave enough time between mm. between to make sure it's a uh, enjoyable game uh what about your number three my number three is football manager and um, football manager because it would be higher if it was a game that could be played on a console that i prefer to play it on Yes. So the fact that it's a number three is, although it's a great game and there are so many, obviously comes out on an annual basis and there are so many updates, so many revisions that just make the whole gameplay side of it enjoyable. It's the fact that it's just stuck to the computer and especially in our sort of predicament, if you've got laptops that are donated by your school and they're not <laughs> running quite as quickly, then of course your processors aren't going as smoothly and things. So sometimes that impacts upon the game, but... I think it's it's such a such a, a well received yes. game series. It's one that if you're a football fan, usually you've got it. If you've yeah. not got the most recent one, you've got, still got saves going on from the like the year before or even the year before that. And it's just one of those that you see it on social medias as well. People get so into it. You see yes. them there. They're getting their suits on for their press conferences. They're sort of they are 
handing their tactics over to someone else to have a go at, but they cannot leave them alone. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. It gets you so involved, you're so engrossed in that game, it can have a real big impact upon your life. And I think that's something that is really quite magical about Football Manager, that it has the, avail- the uh, ability rather yeah. to do that. And I think that, that's, why it's, that's why it's in that top five or three. Excellent. Football Manager is similar to Sims. It's on my list. It's much higher up on my list. And I'll go into the reasons why it's much higher on my list in a moment. My number two is FIFA. And I've put FIFA as a one-word thing because actually I think recent FIFAs shouldn't even get anywhere near the list. In comparison to Golf, GTA, Sims, the gaps between games have been nowhere near good enough. But our topic of this podcast was gaming series and I think if we go back to 1996 when the first FIFA came out through to now it has done enough in those years particularly 96 to I'd say 2012 maybe I think it's done enough with its updates with its addictiveness it's just Mm. outright addictiveness where I think it went down south a little bit and I know a lot of people that listen to this might disagree where I think it went down south massively is when they brought in Ultimate Team um, all the things about the game, all the things that I, that I like about the game have had no input. Ultimate Team has had this enormous overhaul year on year on year. And now it's at a point where FIFA could never release another game again for the next 20 years and still make money off yeah. Ultimate Team. And I just think that's not what I like about the game. That's not what I got into it. And you're probably wondering why it's a high up on my list at number two. Because those years before Ultimate Team, career mode, manager mode, PS2 years, basically, PS2 and Xbox 360 years were its golden time. And I just absolutely loved it for a long period of time. It is on sale at the moment now uh, in this isolation crisis. And I've not bought it because I know that, again, in comparison Mm. to the one that I do have, FIFA 18, there's not going to be that much difference. No. So for those years where I was addicted to it, quick story, I've told you this before, but I'll mention it on the podcast. I got FIFA 98 as my first FIFA. And at the, I was six, to be fair. That's a disclaimer. At the bit where you choose your sides, I didn't know you could move your controller. <laughs> so I used to just press play. And FIFA 98, absolute unbelievable soundtrack, by the way. FIFA 98 had the numbers underneath. But obviously you can imagine what a television in a normal household Mm. in a spare room looked like in 1998. You couldn't really see the numbers. And the number four, as it turned out, I thought I was controlling. So for a year, I'm talking from about 1998 through to 2001, I played as whoever was playing at number four for on FIFA. And that is the truth. And I cannot believe... Thinking back, I was just literally watching pretend players now what's came in in modern fifa esports where people actually pay to watch people play in fifa and actually a few years ago but it's one of my favorite things to do is be a pro where you just control one player that came in in about 2010 and i'd been doing it for years so the modern things that were coming in now (laughs) esports and be a pro i was doing years before so for those fond memories of it it's at number two. What is it? your number two? My number two is also FIFA, but for different reasons to yours. And I've got three main reasons. The first one is Ultimate Team. Ah, okay. Because I absolutely love uh, the idea of being able to build a team with your favourite players. And it's kind of the journey that your team goes on. The, the, 
the various different evolutions of your side to think about your positions, to think about the players that you start with, to think about sort of winning games, playing both on online and offline, winning tournaments, beating players just to try and get as many coins. You think about how you can sort of sort of transform your team because it's not all about sort of buying your FIFA points. Of course, that's a quick fix. It's a quick way of getting around it. You can buy the coins. You can buy the points. You can unlock all your, you can open all your packs. You can unlock your players. You can do whatever through that. But you get a sense of satisfaction through playing the games and earning your coins and earning ah, your points and sort of doing it that way. Maybe I should try. So the longer way around, the longer version of it is, in my opinion, a more rewarding way of doing it. So that's why I quite like the Ultimate Team. It gives you that sense of purpose Just there. Just going to stop you there before you move on with your two and three reasons. I've never actually tried that. Do. So maybe that is why I perhaps focus far too much on the money yeah. of it. I focused on the money... And the fact that career mode hasn't improved at all recently. Um, but maybe if I do, because actually FIFA Ultimate Team, by the way you describe it there, sounds a lot more like Football Manager. Yeah. Which is... There is elements of that. Obviously, you can go into some serious serious depth. I mean, you've got your, you've got your chemistry between your players. You've got their ideal formations. You can then go on the type of player they are as well. There's all sorts of different elements you consider. So that's why one reason. Second reason is unique. It's yeah. the yeah. it's the go-to uni game, isn't it? Yeah. Of course, you've got your housemates. People are giving it the big one. If you're not settling it out on a 1v1 on Rust, you're settling it through game FIFA, aren't you? So that's another good reason. And also, before you go out, it's the perfect game for your pre-drinks as well. Yes. All right, you get your drinking games on the go. You can get all sorts of stuff going on. Set up a FIFA lounge like you could do on FIFA 08. I remember that clear as day. Not that I could drink at the time, but FIFA lounges were quality, weren't they? Yeah. You can set your tournaments up and do whatever before you're ready to go out. Then the final reason, you've mentioned it, soundtracks. They yes. always seem to pick the greatest songs. They always pick the best songs. And I know Spotify have got dedicated playlists to these songs as well. So they always seem to choose songs which stick. And you can always remember some really, really decent songs yeah. from that. I mean, you've got songs from like LCD Sound System, I can remember from FIFA 08. You've got Kasabian, who seem to churn yes. out a load of songs. You've got Foster the People. You've got all of these big bands who, just their one song expands their kind of fan base massively because people associate their music with FIFA, which is yeah. magic. So. I was listening to another podcast about <clears throat> Clive Tilsley recently, and for years, people knew him as the FIFA commentator, not as the actual commentator. Yeah. Um, also, similarly, uh, with the soundtracks, if you're ever thinking of a time in your life, like say, let's say 2000, let's say 2010, if you spot type in on Spotify, FIFA soundtrack mm. for that year, it will make you go... Yeah. Bang, straight and the same, to... I mean, we're talking about FIFA in terms of its main series, but you think about um, like FIFA Street, FIFA Street 2. I can remember clear as day some songs from there. You've got sort of Boy Kill Boy with their yes. song Susie and stuff like that. You've got... Basement um, Jacks. Yeah, you've got the Subways, Don't You Meant to Have a Good Time. There are so many songs that just stick because if it's a good soundtrack, you remember the game. And that's another reason why FIFA's up there. And that's well. when you're doing all of the putting the teams together and everything. Because actually in the game, <laughs> it's commentators. Yeah. It's all the other bits that come with mm. it, which um, are really good. And also, if you leave FIFA on in the background, like you say at uni when you're pre-drinking, I had nights at my university where we started pre-drinking on FIFA yeah. and then decided, shall we just get some cans? And yeah. we did. That happens. It can. Uh, it, isn't it? It's just such a such a holistic game that just allows everyone to just sort of embrace it, and you can sort of use it in so many guises. And that's why that's why uni is a big one, isn't it? That's yeah. why it's the go-to game there. Um, 
Football Manager is my number one, which is a surprise to absolutely no one. My reasoning, though, has changed in this podcast. My reasoning was going to be all the things you mentioned and just its addictiveness. But actually, it's the way I got into it. And the way I got into it, they really, really, really need to bring back. I had LMA Manager 2005 on the PS2. Mm, Yeah, I remember that. It was unbelievable. Now, I know Codemasters and Sports Interactive rivals that's a little bit like saying oh I had Pez that's why I like FIFA Hmm. but actually Codemasters got it a bit wrong by not going on to PC or Sports Interactive did and they've done an unbelievable job I just remember how addictive that Football Manager 2005 was my brother saying you're literally just doing data Hmm. I was like I know but it's great I took a Celtic team with Michael Carrick in the middle to unbelievable glory I then had Football Manager 2009 as my own copy and right the way through to present day it is just unbelievable and what I like about it is yes for years I got mocked for playing that over FIFA and then what started to happen about 2015 through to now is that actual clubs are using Football Manager's database Mm. so I loved it before 2015 now that people are actually realising oh my god this is good this is and when Vincent Company came through, uh, I mean, there's been quite a few that haven't come through, but when Company came through, Carrot came through, um, Brie Bolo, I'm still waiting for him to come through. Unbelievable players that I've found on the game, and people have been able to look at me and go, how did you know about him? It's because football of the manager. game. It's not working so well currently. In fact, just as I look at how long this podcast is, I've got Football Manager loaded, and I'm actually in a relegation battle with Carlisle. But again, that's what I like about the game. When you get into it as much as I have got into it, you start to enjoy when you're not winning yeah. and how you're going to get around yeah. not winning and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, because it's very easy, isn't it, to choose like a big club and, and almost get the, the instant success if it's not in the first season. You spend millions upon millions, you buy your players in, you get success in your second season, yeah. things like that. It's when you can still choose clubs like Carlisle United. It's when you can choose yeah. those clubs that their expectations from the board are avoid relegation. Yeah. You know you've got a battle on your hands yeah. and you might have no transfer budget. You might be completely over your wage bill but you can always do something you can always sort of there's always elements of the game that you can choose it's not all financial no you can choose elements of the game to adapt to edit ultimately to improve and, you and can. yeah you have a you have a different end goal it's not all about is it like the big finances and the immediate success and personally i don't but like you said going back to gta where you can add the mods there is a lot i'd say the majority of football manager fans put all the mods onto it and things like that um, yeah you can do a lot a lot a lot a lot of that uh, where you can come and be Stamford mm. and they've they it must take hours and they build up a whole database yeah. give it to the game and the game say yeah okay that can be a mod and it's just amazing that that happens I don't do that personally uh, same with having the badges and stuff yeah. for each team I don't bother with that, but again, the people that it's got such a large fan base that people go out and do that mm. is absolutely mad. Yeah, that's the thing. If people have got that mentality and that love of the game to want to do that, yeah. I think is testament to how successful the series has yeah. been. You can't say many other series have that about them. Too. No, and where it can improve, where I fully agree, why it's lower down on your list is I got into it through the PS2. I think they would only enhance themselves if when this PS5 comes out in a few years time, a few weeks time whatever it is, if they release that football manager onto the PS5 mm. 
I think I'd buy both. I'd buy both just because I want to see. It'll be what interesting because like. you, of course you've got your handheld version of Football Manager, which I think doesn't is not even a patch. No. On the computer. They've tried version. to bring that to the Switch as well. I've had a look at that. No. Mm-hmm. And then what's the other one? Google something. Google Stadia. No. They should have just waited for a proper yeah. console. Um, what's your number one? Um, zero surprises here, but it is Call of Duty. It is the game series that I have religiously bought every every edition of since I was old, old enough to do so, and probably even a couple of um, editions of the game beforehand, because although it is a first-person shooter, you know exactly what you're going to get. There are so many different revisions of the game. There are different revisions of the game there are so many elements of the game that change whether it be your weapons whether it be your maps whether it be the capabilities now of being able to do some crossplay between players on playstation on xbox on the computer there are so many things that can just be updated upgraded that just make your game experience on call of duty so much better and what i've loved about the most recent version of call of duty is that DLC content is coming onto the PlayStation free of charge specifically, which is really, really good. And it's bringing back some old maps from my personal favourite, which is, of course, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. We've got Rust on there. We've got other kind of maps. We've got other guns which are just being reinvented. They're being remastered. They're coming to the fore again. And it's kind of, it's, it's almost a little bit of a throwback, which is beautiful because, of course... You could have looked at some of the previous versions of Call of Duty where it's boots off the ground, so to speak. So you've got your jetpacks, you can double tap A or double tap um, circle or whatever, and you're, you're jumping up onto the roof and stuff like that, which it turned a lot of people off. And I, I'm one of those. But the fact that they've brought it back with the previous two, with, with World War Two, with, with Modern Warfare, it's bringing it back to the boots on the ground. The original kind of content which hooks people in. And I love the fact that they have done that. And, and like I've said, that is just what makes it one of those holistic games where you can play independently, you can do all of the things that you want to online and as part of the campaign. But you can also do it with your mates as well. There are some the multiplayer capabilities, especially with the introduction of Warzone, is just taking the game and experience to a whole new level. So factoring all of those different elements into the equation, for me, there can only be number one, and that is Call of Duty. Thank you very much. I cannot add much on Call of Duty apart from these two things that come to my mind, which I fully agree with everything you've said. I was lucky enough to work at, um, not Insomnia, the other one, whatever it is, the gaming festival at the NEC, when, now, I don't didn't understand it until you've explained it there, the new Call of Duty was coming out and loads of people were going, about, oh, it's boots on the ground again, yeah. boots on the ground, and I didn't really understand. And the queue for that game, my goodness, it nearly took up the mm. NEC. And luckily for me, the queue for FIFA was much shorter. So again, watching that adoration of the game was brilliant. And also, back when I was younger, watching my brother play it, um, from a film point of view, following a storyline point of view, I think it's a brilliant game. And also, watching you play it now. Again, I can watch bits of it and still follow, and I still think it's interesting. I personally don't have the coordination to play the game. I've tried... So many times. If you've had that many Call of Duties, I'd say I've tried almost all of them. I know, and also what I like about it is you and my brother were massive on it, let's say, 15 years ago. Mm. Um, You're massive on it now. And then I'm just going to mention my girlfriend's dad, who is, again, much older than us. And he's massive on it as well. well. So where on my list, I look at my list and think, ah, that's very, very much games, a 
aimed at my age group. Mm. What I like about COD, even though personally it doesn't aim to myself, what I like about COD generally is that with all those things you've mentioned, it is so um, ageless. Ageless both in person, but if I bought you a PS2 and the old COD, you'd be on it faster than you could say COD. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. That wasn't a 5 in 5. That was a 5 in 25. Um, it's been really nice to do an episode with someone and not just talking to my laptop screen. Instinctively, I'm staring at my laptop screen, not mm. looking at you. And also, what Jonathan was talking just there, if you heard a bang at the door, it was a delivery where actually, because of Jonathan's passion for COD, I went and answered the door, pretended to be Jonathan and received it. Thank you very much for listening to the Isolation Station. Hopefully it's made you feel a lot less isolated. This will be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Thank you very much for listening if you're massive on gaming and you've really enjoyed what we've said. And thank you very much even if you're not into gaming and you just wanted to hear our voices. Um, I'm just going to list off the next 10 seconds and it will bring us to 25 seconds exactly. So thank you very much, Jonathan. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And thank you very much, listeners.